fighting for freedom every day. Republicans right now, the conservatives, which unfortunately, this is what we have to do every time, even after a vote where people are sick and tired of the establishment, they're sick and tired of the squeezy, middle-of-the-road, squishy kind of Republican rhinos, and we vote conservatives in, then we have to fight tooth and nail in D.C. to actually be heard within the Republican Party. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed. What's up? Welcome into it. Hey, you finally made it, man. Pat yourself on the back. It is a Friday. It is the month of September. That's really what blows my mind more than anything else. I think right now is we're officially going into fall season. State fairs across the country. Football season. Here in the Wichita area, we're getting ready for high school football for week number one. That's hard to believe. College football starting off on tomorrow and tonight as well. Oh, how the time flies and how people are getting all geared up for the celebrations that are set to ensue for the final vacation hoorah before the end of the summer, so we're going to keep it uh, lighthearted somewhat and have some fun on the program. So welcome into it, broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas on our flagship radio station. We are all over the country, multiple radio stations, TV, live streaming, podcasting. However you watch or listen, it's always great to have you along for the ride. Your millennial general reporting for duty like we do every single day. Bottom of the hour, we're going to have James Fish back. He is the founder of Incubate Debate, if you remember, a debate organization out of Florida where they're trying to expand, trying to get the youth of America to have more conversations, uh, pay attention to current events, and have substantial debates, which is a very foreign thing in society today, is it not? But yet, oh, so important. So... We will do that conversation at the bottom of the hour. We'll talk about some of the presidential candidates, how the debate went for round number one, the ones that may start dropping off, and the candidates moving forward into a potential debate number two, which it sounds like Donald Trump may be partaking in as well uh, later on as things continue to whittle down to the finals. We have that. I have a few other things, uh, some fun things, odd things that we'll talk about here in just a bit. But let's do a bit of a recap for the week here, shall we? And let's do a... What's trending? What's trending today? As we have official word from the Mitch McConnell office on the reasons on why he continues to freeze up. Now, if you remember, we had uh, freeze up number dose that happened earlier this week, where for 30 seconds, again, he was asked the question whether he would be running for the Senate again in 2026. And I think we got our answer. But during the question, during the Q&A session and the individual asking the question, will you be running for the Senate again for re-election in 2026? His response was, well, no, we're done here. that's OK. What are your Senator, you're up for election in three short years. What are your thoughts on that? I'm sorry, I had a hard time hearing you. That's OK. What are your thoughts on running for re-election in 2026? What are my thoughts about what? Running for re-election in 2026. Oh, oh yeah. That's well, let's see. That's one, two, three, four, five, six. Did you hear the question, Senator? Running oh. for re-election in 2026? Now they got to step in. Hey, you doing all right? Still nothing. Even being talked to right in his ear. All right. I'm sorry, you all. We're going to need a minute. Oh, we're going to need a minute. Hold up. Let's just hit the reset button here. We'll just redo the little. Remember the monkey, the crank monkey? You know, back, you, you crank it up and then do, 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 do. You know, the whole thing. Uh, that's <laughs> Is that what we have to do to Mitch McConnell now? Got to re-crank it back up. That Do the reset. Because after the whole 30 seconds plus. Huh? Okay. What? Oh, okay. Okay. I, oh, I'm back at it now. I can operate Somebody again. else have a question? Please speak up. You would think, man, his team, after a freeze-up like that, 
that you would be like, hey, you know what? He's not doing well. Let's go ahead and just get him off to the side. You know this is happening behind the scenes. I mean, if this is happening twice during media press conference interviews, you know it's got to happen during the real time as well while he's sitting in his office, although many people think that maybe he just fell asleep because he's an 81-year-old guy who needs to retire from the Senate. So we got our answer with the whether he's going to run for re-election or not. Here's the official response from his team. A four-letter line. Uh, I'm sorry if I can speak. I'm, I'm not dyslexic, I swear. A four-line letter signed by the attending physician for Congress has released the statement regarding Senator Mitch McConnell on Thursday saying that the recent spells of speechlessness were linked to what? Occasional lightheadedness. Oh, yeah. Occasional lightheadedness. Do you buy that one? Hmm. Hmm. I don't know, man. That could maybe that's it. It is totally absurd. Okay, well let's continue on here, shall we? Uh, that's according to the uh, attending physician in Congress. Occasional lightheadedness brought on by potential concussion last winter or dehydration. However, according to seven different neurologists that have done interviews across the nation yesterday and today, say that that is not a good enough answer. According to one quote, if I gave that tape to a medical student and I was that was his explanation, I would fail him. Medically, these episodes need to be taken seriously with many individuals believing that he could potentially have seizures. Uh, yeah, I would go along with that whole mindset of having a seizure as well. I'm not going to say that the I completely blank out like that as an 81-year-old guy, kind of like Joe Biden, who's just kind of shuffling around and speaks really slow and just goes about his business. I would say that it's probably not just lightheadedness from a concussion. Although, I mean, maybe it's concussion. That's still lingering, in which case he's really got to get that thing checked out or because of dehydration. Either way, you are not fit to be in the Senate. I have to admit, going back into Congress in the late uh, fall session, probably what next week after Labor Day, when Congress begins to head back up there and do their job again, I'm getting very nervous of how Republicans are handling situations. We have a Senate that's completely useless with a leader that can't remember where he's at and respond to answers in any way, shape, or form. Then we have the House, where Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy has talked about his grand plan to promote an impeachment vote against Joe Biden in our latest other story. What's trending today? So according to Kevin McCarthy, Speaker of the House from Breitbart.com, here's what he said to Breitbart News. Quote, to open an impeachment inquiry is a serious matter. And House Republicans uh, take it uh, would not take it lightly or use it for political purposes. The American people deserve to be heard on this matter through their elected representatives. That's why, if we move forward with the impeachment inquiry, it would occur through a vote on the floor of the People's House and not through a declaration by one person. What? What? I'm confused. I don't know if you're aware or not, Kevin McCarthy. Maybe he's had his own seizures as well. I'm not sure if you're aware or not, Kevin McCarthy, but that's how impeachments are done, is that you put it onto the floor and you let the people vote on it, meaning the people that are in Congress, the House of Representatives, actually vote on this. Now, in order for it to happen, you need 218 votes. We have 218 votes with Republicans if Republicans would unite and get on board. So this isn't a question of how the process is done, Kevin McCarthy. This is a vote on whether you're strong enough as a Republican majority uh, Speaker of the House to whip your party into shape to go and vote for this the way it needs to be done. Because as you know, through the investigations, we're not getting a whole lot of information of what's really going on regarding the Biden family. In fact, Ted Cruz was uh, in a uh, Senate committee 
interviewing the FBI, and they weren't giving him a whole lot of anything. I'm not going to get further into that. So you're stonewalling. You can't say I'm not refusing to answer your question, but I won't answer your question. I'm going to answer within the parameters that we operate in. That's the problem. The FBI has right now an unlimited hubris that you believe you are unaccountable. You don't believe you're accountable to the United States Congress, and you don't believe you're accountable to the American people. And you are doing damage. The FBI is a great institution. When I go home to Texas, people ask me, should we abolish the FBI? Now, I tell them no, because you have heroes and patriots working for you that are catching child predators, that are catching terrorists. But you're sitting there happily erecting a wall to protect Joe Biden. Will you provide to this committee, not the House, the Senate Judiciary Committee, will you provide the FD-1023 and will you provide the 17 recordings so we can assess what is the evidence, the specific credible evidence that Joe Biden personally took a $5 million bribe from a foreign national? Senator, we will work with this committee, you and other members, to provide uh, the information within the parameters of the process. Will you provide the FD-1023, yes or no? I will take that back and we will work with our... So you're not answering that. Will you provide the 17 recordings? We will take that back and we'll work with you. So you're not... We'll take that back. We'll we'll take that back. No, don't worry. We'll take that request back and we'll see what we can do. We've given it to the House. Obviously, Democrats are running the House investigations there. They're not releasing a whole lot of information. The Senate wants it as well. Sorry, we can't really get that in. We'll We'll send that request back. We have two chambers right now that are not doing the job that needs to be done. And as we talk about priorities of Congress returning back here in just a week or so, trying to get ready for the fall session, where we have a budget that's supposed to be due at the end of this month now that we are officially into September. We have a farm bill that's officially due at the end of this month, as we are now officially into the month of September. We have neither one of those that are going to be even close to being done, which means we get to do an omnibus extension the extension to the end of the month and then we have investigations where supposedly we can walk and chew gum at the same time to be able to get our regular duties done and investigate corruption going on in washington dc and it doesn't seem to be the case and we have a speaker of the house kevin mccarthy that's scared of a shadow because it's coming up on a major election season next year doesn't want to look political as we try to move forward with articles of impeachment against the president of the united states and therefore we need to Talk in circles saying, well, if it's going to be done, it's going to be done by a vote of the people in the Congress and not by one single individual. Yeah, that's how things are done, Kevin McCarthy. I'm not sure if you're aware of that. That's how impeachments are done. Even during the two impeachments of Donald J. Trump in the last administration, we had one guy, Adam Schiff, that was presenting a case legally on the House floor. But at the end of the day, all the votes happened with the entire House. Wild concept, I know, right? So one leader is scared, and the other leader doesn't know what's going on. We have our own version of Joe Biden in the Senate right now, and I know why they're not wanting to talk about his medical issue. And I know why they're trying to protect him with the physician that's in Congress right now saying that it's dehydration or a concussion or just uh, lightheadedness, occasionally lightheadedness, which is wild, Uh, which it may be. I mean, do you ever do that where you stand up too quickly and all of a sudden it goes dark because, you know, you didn't take a deep breath and therefore it gets all dark and fuzzy and you got to sit there for a minute and let your uh, let you kind of. I actually had those as a kid growing up. 
I had those quite a bit. I would always like jump up really fast and then boom. In fact, I actually hit the ground a couple of times because I jumped up way too fast, got really dark, got really fuzzy, got really lightheaded, and boom, I hit the ground. So that is a cause for concern. But if that's happening while you're standing still and answering questions, then there's a serious problem. Either you're not eating too much or you're not eating enough and your your blood sugar's low or, yeah, you're lightheaded because you're dehydrated, in which case you need to be taking some water. But the fact that you fell on an airplane or getting on or off an airplane or whatever you were doing or even sitting at home and then you have this on frequent occasion means there's something deeper going on. And the reason that his office, that the Republicans want to look the other way and that the senators don't want to look at this or address this issue is because, again, they're now concerned about the Kentucky election going on in 2026. Now, that's two years after next year, which is what his re-election term would look like. But if there's a shakeup right now, a year before a presidential election where Republicans are supposed to, hopefully, fingers crossed, if we actually do things semi-right here, are supposed to take back the majorities, we don't want a change in leadership. From a guy who unfortunately knows the ins and outs of the system very, very well, and that's what they try to use. The guy who's been able to delegate money, they say efficiently when it comes to campaign funds in different elections, but we see how well that went last election, which I think was the beginning of his decline. They're afraid, as Republicans always are, are so afraid of their own shadow, is that now we don't want a change in leadership because they don't know what that uncertainty would bring. Here's the message for you. Like every other motivational speaker out there tries to tell people when they want to start a business or do something different, take that leap of faith. Because guess what? If you never take that leap of faith, you'll never know what's on the other side. And it might surprise you that we could have a cognitively able leader on the Republican side to actually get something done. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. All reason, common sense, rationale, that's what we do. All right, was that enough politics? Did we cover our quota for the day on a Friday going into a holiday? I know you're in holiday mode already. You're probably already, I see where you're at. You're on the beach or you're already camping. You already have an adult beverage in hand, which is not a Bud Light, or else I would make fun of you. Ha! I'm kidding. Joking! A little bit. Just a little bit. You're sitting there getting all planned out, your camper or your fire pit or your boat or whatever you're doing, the final hoorah before the summertime ends and the fall season begins, all the kids getting out of school and joining it as well. Whatever you're doing, happy Labor Day weekend to you. We'll be back at it again on Tuesday afterwards. So I don't want to go too hard on the politics today, but uh, it is concerning as we go into the fall session of our leadership. Kevin McCarthy is scared of his own shadow, and that was our big concern, if you remember, when he became Speaker of the House. Is that, well, okay, he's a very moderate guy from California. From California. And he is very scared of a shadow. He's very soft-spoken. He's, he was kind of like the Mike Pence back in the day. Very soft-spoken, very collective, very, you know, it's a nonchalant, just go with the flow kind of guy, which I appreciate that. If anybody knows me on a personal level, that's me, man. Like, uh, it's, what you get here is what you get, and this is my personality as well, but this is the stuff that I'm passionate about and fired up about. The rest of life, man, I'm go with the flow. I am totally, well, okay, whatever you want to do. Let's do this thing. Just have some fun and let's go ahead and do it. Uh, and we try to bring that to politics as well because politics can be very frustrating and angering at times. But Mitch McConnell being a leader 
is not supposed to have that kind of mentality. A leader, although you can be collective and actually have a proper thought, uh, you don't want to play nice all the time because when you play nice all the time like that, then you get to be walked over. You got to play nice, but you also have to draw the line and say that the reason I'm playing nice is because you don't want to see my dark side. And Kevin McCarthy does not have a dark side. He tries to play it way too nice, even when he's trying to talk firm about someone like Kevin McCarthy or someone like Joe Biden. So we have one side scared of their shadow, which has been the history of the Republican Party. The other side that's having some mental issues and a non-leader whatsoever right now that's not leading the Republican Party. We're only one or two votes away from making things happen with a Republican majority or with a Republican agenda in the Senate. Are you aware of that? We're only one, two, maybe three votes away from getting something done. It's not that hard to get one or two Democrats on board with us, depending on what the issues are. But you have to have leadership to, in order to, quote unquote, whip them, which is why we have a Senate minority and a majority whip to whip your parties into getting what needs to be done. And we have to do a better job at winning them over and saying, hey, do you really want Joe Biden doing what they're doing? Do you really want the radical progressive socialists to go down this road? I know that you're trying to win over your constituency here. At the same time, where's the blue dog Democrats that used to be back in the day? And play that. We know it's not true. We know that the party's always been socialist, but they don't know that. A lot of the voters don't know that. We can win them over. But yet we don't because we don't have the proper leadership. And that's a cause for concern. And when we're a year out, I got to be honest, not to be the doom and gloom guy here, But I got to be honest, looking at a lot of the statewide Republican parties around the country, we are not in the best of shapes right now going into a major presidential election that's causing a lot of drama with Donald Trump and all the other 14 candidates for the race and all the debates and Fox News and Tucker Carlson. We're in shambles right now. We're dividing ourselves. We were supposed to watch the Democrats shoot themselves in the foot and sabotage themselves by going way too radically far to the left. Joe Biden, who's a complete buffoon. And then we have like RFK coming up, trying to rebrand the party. We were supposed to sit back, watch them self-destruct, waltz in, and be able to take take it over. But instead, we're harming ourselves. We're beating up ourselves. And when we get the slightest bit of we start bickering amongst each other and shoot ourselves in the foot because then it's a power grab for whoever can try and control that Republican Party. And it's kind of sad to watch, honestly. When we come back, we'll shift gears a little bit. We'll have some fun. James Fishback right around the corner. Incubate debate. We'll talk about the debates moving forward and the presidential races, what kids are doing to get involved with debates as well. And I have some fun news for you to kick you off and send you off into a Labor Day weekend as well. All that coming up for your free Friday. Wrapping up the show on the home stretch here for The Voice of Reason. Stay right here. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Reason meets radio. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. Welcome back to it on the home stretch here for a Friday. I know you're excited. I'm excited. You scream, I scream. We all scream for ice cream. What we don't scream for is for Bud Light. Ha! <laughs> See what I did there? See, that's called a joke. Great to have you along for the ride today. Trying to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that five pound bag. Trying to rebrand. The Millennial Generation One radio listener at a time on our multiple radio stations all over the place. By the way, programming note for you. Yes, our syndicated weekend program, we will be doing that one live this weekend. It is not going to be a best of. 
We will have a Best Up program running for you on Monday, so we'll be back during our weekday program on Tuesday. But we will have our syndicated show live this weekend, so uh, get ready for that. We have an awesome lineup for you as well. It's going to be huge, it's going to be fun, it's going to be... And I think we're going to make it bigly. Yeah, that's what we do. Let's get into what's trending here. What's trending today? And I couldn't find a better way to wrap up this week and all the shenanigans that we've seen from this week and last week. Uh, Try and recap everything going on. We have Congress headed back into session uh, later on next week. But I can't think of a better way to do that than have some fun talking about debate. And the big debate that we saw on the presidential stage last week. And now that school's back in session with kids getting back at it as well. Excited to have back on the program. He's the founder of Incubate Debate, which a lot of my listeners have heard of him and was excited to hear him on other places and loved it when he came on last time. We had to get him back on, Mr. James Fishback. James, how are you, my friend? I'm doing great. Happy Labor Day weekend. Yeah, happy Labor Day weekend to you. Uh, I want to talk about students in the in the fall semester here in just a moment because it's an exciting time of year and I can't wait. But real quickly, I know it's about a week old, but I got to get your take on the debate that happened last week because um, I thought it to be extremely entertaining, to say the least. I did, too. I thought it was bigly impressive to use that adverb from President Trump that you started <laughs> off with there. You know, I'm actually glad, Andy, that we're talking about this a little more than a week later. And the reason why is we've all had time to look at how people have spun it, how campaigns are reacting in response. And I think it's clearer than ever who won that debate. And on that stage, that was Vivek Ramaswamy. He stood strong. He stood for America first, for the movement that President Trump started in 2015 when he came down that escalator. And I think that's what the American people wanted to hear. It felt like for most of that debate, it was just Vivek versus the neocon GOP establishment. Yeah, you're right. I completely agree. I think he did win that debate. And what it showed to me, especially with the foreign policy issue, which is, I think, where a lot of the candidates are trying to go after him, saying he's so inexperienced in foreign policy and his stances on Israel and Russia and China. But I think it's really a difference in generational politics, isn't it? I mean, what he stands for on the foreign policy, a lot of our generation, maybe 34 myself and a millennial, our generation really has a lot of those like-minded ideals on how we should handle foreign policy of why are we involved in so much crap worldwide? That's right. And the, the academic elites and both parties, by the way, both Democrats and Republicans will tell you, it's just so much more complicated than they're letting you on to believe. It's actually not. It's really simple. Why on earth are we defending someone else's border halfway around the world? when we're not defending our own border, when we're letting thousands of illegal migrants, we have no idea who they are, unvetted, come into our country every single day, and we let all of this fentanyl come in that's killing over 200 Americans every single day. So I know that Nikki Haley and Vice President Pence want to make it more complicated than it actually is, but it's really simple. We put America first We protect our border before we protect anybody else's. We don't stand for something that doesn't benefit our own strategic interests, i.e. the American people. So that's, by the way, that's a message that I think resonates across party lines. We're seeing it on the south side of Chicago just this week. The community there, largely African-American, up in uproar after the migrants being forced into their community against their will to schools, 
being overtaken by migrants, the police stations, the public libraries. This is not what they signed up for. And yet, this is exactly what Democrat policies have delivered. So this is an opportunity for the Republican Party to make itself rightly the party of America first. And Vivek stood for that on that stage. Yeah, amen to that. With uh, being post-debate in the polls that came out, he really surged in a lot of polls up into that second place. Now, I say that, you know, obviously in perspective, as Donald Trump still has about a 30 to 40 point lead above any of the candidates, including Vivek. But after that, he did jump in a lot of polls and took over that second place slot over Ron DeSantis, who really didn't shine as much as he probably could have in that debate. But moving forward, I know that Vivek's obviously had a lot of pressure and a lot of spotlight on him. Some of the stuff that he said that maybe is contradictory to what he's done in the past, uh, concerns about ties to Soros family with his fun, with a scholarship that he received, being part of Big Pharma. Do you think that's a cause for concern for him moving forward in a campaign, or do you think he'll be able to overcome those issues? I think he'll be able to overcome those issues. I I view those issues as really uh, festering on the far corners of Twitter, now, of course, known as X. And when I'm talking to people, when I'm meeting them, whether it's in, in New Hampshire or in my home state of Florida, they're focused on the issues. To your point about Governor DeSantis, by the way, he's been a great governor in Florida. I've lived there my entire life. I can speak to his commitment to our state. But I'll tell you, the reason why he didn't shine on that stage was because there was nothing in particular that he disagreed with the neocon establishment on. You saw it, where he tried to play both sides of that Ukraine issue when Brett Baer asked, raise your hand if you wouldn't give Ukraine another penny. And then he wanted to sort of hedge his bets there and say, well, I want Europe to do more. And he wouldn't definitively answer that question. And so this is why I think it's so important. Look, I, I proudly voted for President Trump in 16 and 20. But what I'll tell you right now is this primary is not about the who. It's about the what. Mm. It's about the what. And right now, what matters is that we have an America first agenda that's front and center. So when Vivek was getting it from all sides, from Hutchinson, from Romney, uh, from not from Romney, from heaven forbid, no, from, um, <laughs> from Haley, that was the yeah. Freudian slip, and, and I think you can see why, yeah. from Haley, from Pence, that was the GOP establishment. And by the way, it's against what the party wants. We saw this with Charlie Kirk's Turning Point Conference in Palm Beach last month. 95% of Congress attendees did not want to give another penny to Ukraine. So why is it that seven out of eight people on that stage are spitting in the face of the Republican primary voters? This is not popular amongst Republicans. It's not popular amongst Americans. We need it to end. Yeah. Well, and as you said, I think a lot of popularity came to Vivek, not only because of his stances on issues, which he articulated, I think, brilliantly with uh, showing the pro-America, talking about the revolution against the bureaucratic agencies in the government. A lot of things that Republicans, conservatives wanted to hear But overall, he played the Trump card when we saw the debates in 2016 and Donald Trump was that center and he poked fun at people to get them riled up and emotional. Ramaswamy did that same card and he got Pence to go after him, Haley to go after him, Chris Christie to go after him. He played it beautifully to get that emotional response. And I think that's what won him that debate at the end of the day. That's right. And and not just the candidates but also the crowd. I was actually in that crowd in Milwaukee last week. And I got to tell you, 
When I looked to the left and the right of me, I didn't see the GOP primary voters of Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina. I just didn't see it. I saw the donor class. I saw it because their shoes were polished, their shirts were tucked, ironed, and starched. And so when I'm thinking about the boos that we heard in the audience around some of Vivek's comments, I view those as a badge of honor for Vivek Ramaswamy because those are not the people who are actually going to get are going to nominate our our nominee come next year. That was the donor class that was frustrated that he had called out the hypocrisy and the outright chicanery that we've seen for years from the establishment Republican Party. Yeah, that's amazing. We're talking with James Fishback, Incubate Debate. You can find him online at incubatedebate.org. James, you got a few minutes left here, and I don't want to go without saying this, but fall semester coming up, obviously, back to school for kids K-12 through and higher education. You guys are all across the state of Florida, and as you're branching out beyond Florida, as well getting ready for another school year full of debate for kids i'm excited about it talk about all the stuff you guys have going on and how many kids are going to be jumping in on this program this year absolutely you know last time we spoke andy i had just written for the free press about how high school debate has been thoroughly hijacked by the far left and i'm, I'm proud to say that because of the attention to this issue we are going to double the number of students we have in florida and also expand to nearby south carolina bringing these no-cost, open-debate, free-speech tournaments to students, both middle and high school, in both of those states. One topic in particular that I'm excited about for students to debate is the Ukraine question. Should NATO admit Ukraine as a member? That is top of mind. It is an important issue. There is no other issue more important than that right now in international relations. And so we're going to kick this season off with 5,000 students across those two states. And uh, I would be, of course, grateful for anyone's support to help support these tournaments and support these students. They can they can look at our profile and perhaps make a donation at incubatedebate.org. I love that opportunity, and I love that conversation. What are the age groups, again, for students that are participating in this? It's sixth grade to twelfth grade, and I'll tell you, these middle schoolers give these high schoolers a run for their money every single time. That's amazing. I didn't realize it went that young. I wish I would have gotten involved that young. I started my senior year of high school, so I only got one year of debate before college, and uh, it was amazing. But it, it's it's really a way to open their minds and get these kids to think about current events, which is what's needed because I don't know about you, but I am concerned about the direction some of those younger generations are going because they're more concerned about what Kim Kardashian's doing on the Tweety than what's going on in government. Absolutely. And as Vivek pointed out recently in a poll, 60% of Gen Z Americans would rather give up their right to vote than give up their social media. That is alarming. It has to change. And the best way to do it is not to blindly tell them to, to believe something, but to open them up to this marketplace of ideas where whatever side you are on the Ukraine issue, you come with civility, respect, and we have a really good debate at the end of the day. Yeah. Learn how to actually hear someone's argument and be able to counter it with a substance and with content, not with emotion and anger, which is what we see on all the social media. It's James Fishback. Check him out online at incubatedebate.org. If you want to support him, if you want to do anything you can to help out that organization with so many kids getting involved in debate across the state of Florida. And James, anything we can do on the show as well to help out is amazing. Thank you, guys. What you're doing is absolutely crucial, and we appreciate it so much. we got to get you back on again real soon, my friend. My pleasure. Great to see you. Hey, you we'll as you. well. Happy Labor Day to you and enjoy. There it is. Great content. There it is. All right. When we come back, we got one more segment left. We have to wrap some things up, do some house duties, so to speak, when we come back and get you set for another weekend. It's The Voice Reason. It's a Friday. Lots more coming up. Stay right here. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier.
fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed. Freedom, reason, common sense. That's just what we do on this show, and we try to have fun doing it as well. Thanks again to James Fishback coming on the show. Incubate Debate is the website. Highly recommend. If you're able to help those guys out, definitely do so. What do you say? Five, 6,000 students across the state that they're getting in this debate program? Imagine, if you will, children that actually know how to have dialogue, that actually know how to lay out an argument substantially, be able to listen to other people's views and be able to counter them on cognitive thinking abilities, unlike what we see with Joe Biden and with Mitch McConnell. I know. What a wild concept. Which, by the way, we have to say, I am looking forward to when Mitch... Here's my prediction. Andy's prediction of the day. I have a feeling that Mitch McConnell is going to be out soon. I really do believe so. I think that he's going to be done because this is going to continuously get worse, whether it is an injury from a concussion and falling down or whether it's because he's dehydrated and can't remember to drink water or eat something or whether it's just because he's getting so old that he's starting to have these seizures. It's time for him to go. It's time for Republicans to do something. So, Mitch McConnell, it's time for us to say... With that, let's get into our... we got a couple minutes left here on the show. We have... Yeah, we got a decent time. Let's do this. Weird news of the day. Oh, yeah. My favorite topic. As you know, this has been a topic for a while, and I, th- I really think, again, here's Andy's prediction number two of the day. I really think that the government's trying really, really hard to get us to come to the acceptance that something crazy is going on in the world as the Pentagon as of yesterday, has now officially launched a brand new website where you can submit your own UFO sighting reports to the government. Because they're getting so much pressure of, hey, this is really going on, and you guys have kind of put the blind eye to it and kind of just put on the blinders and just walked away and ignored it. It's time for you to actually accept the reality of what's going on so we can begin to decipher what's legitimately something of concern and what's just government programs doing government programmy things. So according to Fox News, they have created the All-Domain Anomaly Resolution Office as ARO, A-A-R-O which will provide the public with declassified information about UFOs or what government may call unidentified anomalous phenomenons, also known as UAPs, which is really stupid. They're called UFOs. According to the Pentagon spokesperson, uh, Brigadier General Patrick Ryder, they say in the press briefings that the new website will provide public with information, including videos and photos associated with resolved UAP cases as they are declassified and approved for public release. At least it's a start. Let's be honest. At least it's a start. It's not going to be all the stuff they're still investigating, which would be ideal because, well, you know, we should have right to say and see that stuff as well. But to them, that would be very concerning. So at least the released stuff that's been case closed on what it is, I guess that's a kind of start. But another breadcrumb, another breadcrumb in the cog of a very large machine of them not wanting to admit that UFOs are actually real and really happening. Uh, if you want to check it out, which I don't, let's see if it's actually up right now. It is kind of, sort of. If you go to the All Domain Anomaly Resolution Office, AARO, you can see it on the website, aaro.mil, M-I-L. It's kind of a weird domain, but okay. aaro.mil. And here's the kicker. Not only can you find information, But according to the features uh, in the eagletribune.com, they say that they will include the new website, aaro.mil, that the Pentagon is launching as part of their efforts to detail the work to get to the bottom of what's really going on. But you will also have the opportunity to submit your own reports 
of UFOs or UAPs to the website where they can investigate it, which means if you see something that's actually legitimate, you'll probably have the men in black knocking at your doors shortly after as well. So the reason I'm saying this now is because as we go into Labor Day weekend and you're about ready to hit the lake or hit the camping site or go out and barbecue with your friends and family or try and go out and see the awesome moon after the blue moon that happened just a night or two ago, and you see something strange in the sky, you now have an opportunity to actually report said report to the government and let them know, which I don't know that I would want to report that to them because, like usual, when you report something to them, it just kind of disappears and you never hear anything from it. But if you do want to, you can check out the information at aaro.mil. The next step and the acceptance that there's something else going on that they don't want you to know about in our latest in our weird news of the day. Weird news of the day. Speaking of, I can't wait for Halloween because we're going to be talking some awesome ghost stories on the program this year. It's going to be great. Until then, have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy the Labor Day. We're back at it again on Tuesday for the weekly show. We do have our syndicated weekend program you will be able to tune into that will be live and will be new content this weekend as well. So enjoy that. Until then, be your own voice of reason. Be the catalyst for change. It's time for you to speak up, speak out, speak loud, speak proud, speak the truth, and always speak some reason. This is the Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. I'm going to go and enjoy an adult beverage that's not a Bud Light. And hopefully you do the same as well. If so, salute, cheers, skull, and we'll see you on the radio. This is The Voice of Reason.